Chapter Twenty of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Twenty. Sweet and bitter. Slowly and reluctantly, I turned back from the stream and once more entered amid the wreck of the hurricane along the sunny path the flowers appeared to sparkle with a fresher brilliancy imbuing the air with sweet odours wafted from many a perfumed chalice the birds sang with clearer melody the hum of the honey-bee rang through the glades more harmoniously than ever the coo-coo-coo of the doves blended with the love-call of the squirrel betokened that both were inspired by the tenderest of passions pensando de amor as the spanish phrase finally expresses it for at that moment the beautiful words of the southern port were in my thoughts and upon my lips unque las fieras on sus garridas enternecidas pensando amor even the fierce beasts in their forest lairs become gentle under the influence of this all-pervading passion i rode on slowly and in silence my whole soul absorbed in the contemplation of that fair being whose image seemed still before my eyes palpable as if present my heart quivered under the influence of a gentle joy the past appeared bright the present happiness itself the future full of hope i had found the very wilderness home of my longings the fair spirit that should be my minister no doubt rose before my mind to dim the brilliant prospect before me no shadow hung over the horizon of my hopes the prospect before me appeared bright and sunny as the sky above my head within and without the world was smiling all nature seemed tinted with the hue of the rose this delightful reverie lasted for a time alas too short a time only while i was traversing the track that but the moment before i had passed over in such pleasant companionship on arriving at the scene of my late adventure a turn was given to my thoughts it had been a scene of triumph and deserved commemoration the body of the panther lay across the path his shining skin was a trophy not to be despised and dismounting on the spot with my hunting-knife i secured it i could point to it with pride as the first spoil obtained in my new hunting-field but i should prize it still more as the memento of a far sweeter sentiment in a few minutes it was folded up and strapped over the cantle of my saddle and with this odd addition to my equipage i once more plunged into the forest path for the next mile the trace led through heavy bottom timber such as we had traversed after leaving the settlement of swampville the black earth of alluvial origin was covered deeply with decayed vegetation and the track of horses and cattle had converted the path into mud at intervals it was intersected by embayments of wet morass the projecting arms of a great swamp that appeared to run parallel with the creek through these my horse unused to such footing passed with difficulty often floundering up to his flanks in the mud though it was but the hour of noon it more resembled night or the late gloaming of twilight so dark were the shadows under this umbrageous wood as if to strengthen the illusion i could hear the cry of the bittern and the screech of the owl echoing through the aisles of the forest sounds elsewhere suggestive of night and darkness now and then light shone upon the path the light that indicates an opening in the forest but it was not that of a friendly clearing only the break caused by some dismal lagoon amidst whose dank stagnant waters even the cypress cannot grow the habitat of black water snakes and mud turtles of cranes herons and quabirds 
hundreds of these i saw perched upon the rotting half-submerged trunks upon the cypress knees that rose like brown obelisks around the edge of the water or winged their slow flight through the murky gloom and filling the air with their deafening screams on both sides of the trace towered gigantic trees flanked at their bases with huge projections that appeared like the battlements of a fortress these singular protuberances rose far above the height of my horse radiating from the trunks on every side and often causing the path to take a circuitous direction in the deep gloom the track would have been difficult to follow but for an occasional blaze appearing upon the smooth bark of the sycamores the scene was by no means suggestive of pleasant reflections the less so since i had ascertained from my host of yesternight that the greater portion of section number nine was of just such a character and that there was scarcely a spot upon it fit for a homestead except the one already occupied such an encumbrance on my estate reflected i is worse than the heaviest mortgage and i should have been willing at that moment to part with the timber at a very low valuation but i well knew the value of such a commodity on the thames or the mercy a mine of wealth on mud creek it would not have been taken as a gift my spirits fell as i rode forward partly influenced by the sombre scenes through which i was passing partly by the natural reaction which ever follows the hour of sweet enjoyment and partly no doubt from some unpleasant presentiments that were once more shaping themselves in my mind up to this time i had scarcely given thought to my errand or its object first the gay hues of the morning and then the romantic incidents of the hour had occupied my thoughts and hindered me from dwelling on future plans or purposes now however that i was coming close to the clearing of the squatter i began to feel that i was also approaching a crisis End of chapter twenty